Hello and welcome back for yet another episode. I am your co-host Samantha Farlow with the Garrison Public Affairs Office. And I am another co-host Corporal Kyra Pearl with the 3rd Armored Corps Public Affairs Office. And I am another co-host Eric Franklin with the Garrison Public Affairs Office. And you are listening to Fort Hood's Great Great Big Big Podcast. Podcast. And welcome back to the show. Today we have three guests with us. Would you like to introduce yourselves? Lieutenant Colonel J.T. Thrash, HHB and Third Corps Battalion Commander. Mariah Whale, um, HHBN, HSC, SFRG Advisor. I'm Staff Sergeant Janet Schkepu. I work down in the G2, but today I am here in the capacity as Battalion SFRG, which is our Soldier Family Readiness Group. Um, as the command family readiness representative for the battalion. Okay, so just to translate some of those abbreviations for the audience, um, it's HHBN means uh, headquarters battalion, so they all work up here at three corps. Um, and I think the only other abbreviation was SFRG, which is soldier family readiness group. So what is the main purpose uh, for you guys coming in today? I wanted to take the opportunity to talk about the upcoming battalion ball, which is on uh, 24 June. Uh, the Carry the Core Ball is open to everyone here at Fort Hood. It's going to be a great opportunity to build camaraderie, uh, hang out with our friends and family, at, you know, at a, a semi-formal event that is part of the heritage and history of being a service member. Uh, every year we, you know, we dread planning the ball, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Yet once we get there, it, it's a great opportunity. It's a great event. And we go back with just stories to tell uh, just from the different events, whether it's the Grog Bowl, whether who had the best party shirt once the jackets came off, uh, it's just a great opportunity. Um, and this one here, this, this particular year here is at the Phantom Warrior Center. Uh, Command Sergeant Major and I have been talking about uh, different options, such as the opportunity for some of our service members to wear uh, their black tie, like a, a tuxedo or a ball gown. Again, that's going to be exception-based. Uh, that's going to be fielded through Command Sergeant Major Hill. Yet that opportunity is out there as well. Uh, you know, over the last, uh, really, what has it been through? Two and a half years, three mm-hmm. years of kind of like a, a different environment dealing with COVID. Uh, it's it's going to it's a great opportunity to get back to these traditional things that we do uh, in the military, in the service, in order to again just hang out with our, our battle buddies to our left and our right uh, and build the traditions and get back to establishing the esprit de corps of, of while we're here. I'm so glad you mentioned that it, this is a tradition that used to happen all the time. I know whenever I first got here at Fort Hood in 2019, I went to my first military ball. And that was, of course, right before COVID hit. So like you said, we haven't been able to have some of these for a really long time. I feel like everyone needs to experience at least one in their military career. Uh, so may as well come to this one. But for anyone who has never heard of it before or has never experienced it, what can they expect? Um, there's a lot of traditional ceremonies. We do the fallen soldier table. There's the grog ceremony where each directorate or company commander or um, designated person has an ingredient to the grog and they tie it to the history of the company or battalion or the army in general as kind of like where we've, how, how do we get to this point? And they kind of tie that in. Um, and we have a guest speaker that, um, will come in, and we have Major General Keating, um, who's an amazing guest speaker, and he's going to talk a little bit, and then we're going to kick it off with the dance party after the formal portion is over. 
And the party shirts will come out at that the point. The party shirts. I, I'm, <laughs> what is I this party them. shirt? Hold on. <laughs> so when you take your formal jackets off, um, a lot of the, them have like decorated backs. Oh. So like it's all party, uh, business in the front, party in the back. <laughs> but they decorate so their shirts up and it's always fun to see who has what shirt on or what mm-hmm. they've been hiding in the back. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of folks will typically, when they have their party shirt, it's, it goes back to their branch, whether they're field artillery, infantry, military intelligence. So they may have that, you know, that crest on the back of it. Um, you know, pilots or, sorry, aviators typically have kind of the, maybe their call sign or the, the type of air, airframe that they, they, they fly. Uh, so, again, it's just an opportunity to, to, to express yourself but in an environment that when folks read it or you're hanging out, with again, with your peers, they rec- immediately recognize it and can identify with it. And then I know we have a lot of uh, civilian spouses that listen in on the podcast. So what is the attire usually for somebody's spouse who's wanting to attend with them? It's a black tie event. So typically a spouse uh, would wear, a male spouse would typically wear a tuxedo, uh, and uh, another sp- other spouses would wear uh, ball gowns is usually the attire. And again, this year we're, we're kind of you know, looking at the opportunity um, through the Star Major Channels on do we allow soldiers to, to wear uh, the black tie without having to wear the uniform. But again, we're just we're taking it on a case-by-case basis. We'll see where it goes. I definitely understand that. I've heard that debate before. <laughs> and on that point, um, Operation Deploy Your Dress is right next to the Clear Creek Commissary and where um, Santa's Village is. And they have, you can get one free dress per military ID card holder per year. Um, they have a lot of, I was just in there the other night, and then they had some beautiful gowns. Um, so you, the cost of a dress itself doesn't have to come out of your pocket. They also give you a pair of shoes or an accessory that you get to pick something to go with your dress um, to help offset those costs as well. See, I knew there was something like that, but I'm so glad you mentioned it because I completely forgot about It like, was closed for about, I think, two months or six weeks or something while they changed over board members, kind of reorganized everything. Um, They're also open up for donations. If you have old ball gowns that don't necessarily fit anymore, you don't want to wear it again. Um, You can do that to the um, donate that to either the the store directly or to the heart of hood gift shop. And they'll bring them over there as well. I actually have some I need to donate. So that's great to know. (laughs) That's why we bring Mrs. Webb. (laughs) (laughs) She knows all. Not almost, some, a little bit. (laughs) She knows a significant amount of stuff that's here on Fort Hood. So for anyone that is interested in going, I know you said, you know, it's open for everyone on Fort Hood. We're all just welcome to come. How can they get a ticket or how can they? So the ticket, so right now we have a flyer that is being posted on our battalion Facebook page, uh, which is HHBN comma three core, as well as being publicized on the three core and Fort Hood page. Um, we also have, so it has a QR code. The QR code is directly tied to the Venmo. Um, the, the QR code is directly tied to the Venmo associated with our battalion's account. So I highly recommend anyone who is purchasing through Venmo to use that QR code because I think I've even seen uh, maybe a fake account or some other account associated that looks similar to ours but is not us. So please use the one off of our flyer. Um, we do have certain price settings for the different tickets. I think for the E4 and below, we have a price set of $30 per ticket. Um, E5 and E6, those are the sergeants and um, staff sergeants. Those are at $40 per ticket. Our warrant officers, chief warrant officer one, uh, sorry, warrant officer one and chief warrant officer two, as well as our GS9 civilians. 
those are priced at $60, and that's that rank and below for the GS civilians. Um, for our regular officers, 01 through 03, and the E7 and above setting, it'll be $60 as well. And then our GS-10 civilians, our CW3 or, or higher warrant officers, and our 04 and above officers are priced at $75 and above. So that would cover the cost of their ticket, and then it, they would have to pur purchase an additional ticket if they want to bring a date or, or someone to go with them. Um, we also have children that are, well, children 12, 12, and, 12 uh, and older if you have yeah. an older um, youth dependent that you would like to bring to the ball, then we encourage those to come as well. So yes, the the children's tickets are thirty dollars, um, and then uh, the ticket cost covers obviously your entrance into the ball, as well as your meal, which there is a vegetarian option and a non-vegetarian option, um, which I will let Mrs. Well do the menu, but. Um, because she, she's got that menu on lockdown, I, I swear. <laughs> um, but the it also includes, um, like, you, you know, just being part of a tradition that because of COVID, we haven't been able to really facilitate. And so we hope that we can bring people not just within our battalion, but outside of our battalion to be a part of our Phantom Warrior Phantom Battle family. Like Sergeant Chef Koo was saying uh, with the price of that ticket, not only for the price of admission and the good times, you also get a, a kind of a battalion souvenir that's going to go to every every person that shows up for the ball and, and just again great opportunity to, to enjoy yourself. For the menu, we have bruschetta stuffed chicken with a balsamic glaze and braised beef tips. Comes with um, herb roasted green beans and some mashed potatoes and a roll. For dessert, there is um, it's alternating seats, either a double fudge brownie and a peach cherry cobbler. Um, there is a salad as well that has pecans, cranberries, and feta cheese with a raspberry vinaigrette, and it is all delicious. I didn't expect a full like description of the menu. I'm <laughs> no, a little too pregnant for, for this. I'm hungry. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> she for knew that menu. menu. They get um, a portobello stuffed mushroom that's treated the same as the chicken. It's got the bruschetta stuffing in it and with the balsamic glaze, and they get a vegetable skewer as their second entree dish. Mm -hmm. The food sounds so and good. It's beef and chicken, not beef or chicken. Mm -hmm. You get both. Yeah. Oh, that's really you're fancy. Yeah. You're getting both. So you don't have to choose between, oh, is it beef or chicken? You just, you're getting both. It's a lot nicer than the last ball I was at. <laughs> I won't name drop the unit, though. It was so good. <laughs> yeah. And that, uh, the custard, was it pudding or cobbler? It was a peach and, peach oh, and cherry cobbler. That is so good. It is so good. That is worth it. Hold on, I'm a little too pregnant. I'm getting distracted by food now. <laughs> um, we do understand that the ball, where, where it's scheduled now on 24 June, it does conflict a little bit with the Fort Hood already predetermined Freedom Fest. So we understand that uh, families and soldiers may have commitments to that. Yet if you don't, great opportunity to come celebrate, again, the traditions uh, of the military, but more specifically um, with HHB and Thurker. Hang out with us. Have a good time. Take the memories back. We're going to have a photographer there. We're going to have a DJ there. Again, a great opportunity. And for those that are transitioning out this summer, this might be your last hoorah to be able to celebrate again with, with some of your battle buddies. Hey, purchase a whole table and come out here and have a good time <laughs> on 24 June. We look forward to seeing you there. And what time did that start on 24 June? 6 p.m. 1800 or 6 p.m. And then... Um, it ends sometime around 10, 1030-ish, but of course it's just dependent on, you know, how the environment is going. And 
again, as Colonel Thrash mentioned, the Freedom Fest is there. Why not take an opportunity to enjoy the military ball and then continue festivities with the rest of the uh, 4th of July celebration um, outside? So, I mean, it's just one tradition rolling straight into another. Why not get the most of it? No, I definitely (laughs) agree. Um, And then just to recap for the audience, if you do want to purchase one of those tickets, you can visit their Facebook page to be able to get the QR code um, so that you can purchase it and make sure that you're purchasing through the right Venmo. Mm -hmm. Um, And the Facebook page was HHBN comma three core or the three core and Fort Head page. Oh, yeah, because you've been sharing it on our page, which you should already be following, of course. (laughs) So (laughs) and then um, aside from the ball, I understand that you're PCSing soon, sir. I am. I am moving to the national capital region. And, whoa, let me tell you, managing um, my, my nine to five or really my career um, and planning a PCS move is is quite interesting. I'm pretty certain a lot of folks out there that are listening to this, whether you are wearing a uniform or whether you are supporting someone wearing a uniform or married to them, uh, it's it's quite a hassle sometimes between trying to figure out where housing is at the location. You know, obviously the first thing we do, right, we Google BAH. So that's probably already done. I know exactly <laughs> what BAH is, uh, but it's securing that housing, especially in this market. It's, it's challenging. One of the things I do appreciate is websites like move.mil, A-H-R-N.mil, um, and then even... Um, Military One Source also has a lot of resources for PCSing. And they can give you checklists for um, what all you need to do um, as far as getting electric turn on at your new place to um, scheduling your movers, what you need to have ready available on moving day. Exactly. And that, and that check and those checklists are, are golden because when you structure yourself again, we're so used to, you know, putting ourselves behind structures. This is what I need to do within this and then that. And again, when you're adding the planning the PCS move right on top of, again, what we need to do in order to take care of soldiers and their families, it could become a bit overwhelming. But when you establish that checklist that's available at Military One Source and other resources, that gives you that, okay, I've done this, now let me do this, now let me do this. You know, cleaning your, cleaning your gear to turn into CIF. Um, again, making sure that you've gone to a move.mil, which is an official website, in order to plan your move. Are you going to do a self-move? Are you going to get the movers to come out to you? And then, again, based on the environment we're in right now, you have to get ahead of that. You cannot wait till two weeks prior and say, oh, who's going to move my stuff? You've got to do that at least three months prior these days. So once you get your orders, go to move.mil, get that scheduled, and then start working with your unit in order to backwards plan, okay, how are you going to clear the unit, how are you going to clear the installation, and how are you going to get clear CIF? I've heard a, lot, a few more stories <laughs> about that one. No, yeah, especially whenever it comes to summer PCSing. So just to clarify, because I should have done this in the beginning, PCS means permanent change of station. It's basically whenever you're moving in the Army to your next place. Um, And generally it happens every two to three years, uh, depending on the soldier's career, of course. So it's a pretty common thing, but I know especially uh, for first-time people who are PCSing, it can be extremely overwhelming. So already very happy for all of the resources that we were able to get just now. Do you have any tips... um, for how you've been able to best manage getting through PCS season? The uniqueness about being in the military, uh, majority of us have the opportunity, PCS almost every two to three years. Um, although my first time at Fort Hood, I was here for seven consecutive years. Anyway, <laughs> that's an exception. It, it gives an opportunity to do that kind of spring cleaning. I know some families say, you know what, every year we're going to do this is a set time frame. Guess what? We take a, we put it on pause and we do it every three years right before we move. So the first thing we, we've done is, okay, what are we not taking with us? 
Okay, that's got to go on the curb, or that's got to go given a goodwill, uh, you know, donate a dress, donate this, donate that. Second thing you do is, okay, what are we going to take with us that we're going to maybe move into storage? And then what do we need immediately? Because a lot of folks, what they do is they'll put what they need immediately right there, uh, and they'll do a self-move. It's called, you know, a partial ditty move. I think there's a different term for it now, but I know growing up, it was to me, it was a partial ditty move. Um, and Do-it-yourself move is yeah. what it means. Yep. I think it's called personal procurement move now, PPM or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and that gives you the opportunity to, you know, uh, the air beds, maybe, maybe a, a kid's favorite toys, their, 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 their clothes. What I'm going to need immediately when I get there, as far as my clothes, uh, so I can report to day one, all the paperwork I need. I want to set all that to the side because I'm going to self move all those things. And that way, just in case housing isn't available or guess what? Because again, the cur- I keep saying the current environment, because of the current environment, maybe my household goods aren't going to show up on time. What can I, what do I need immediately that I can do without, that I can't do without for 30 days or 45 days? Again, I'm going to self-move those items and, and, and get it out there. Another thing is look at the budget. Look at the budget. Yes, the military gives us a certain amount of money in order to help us move, uh, and, they, and they plan for that. Yet, what do you really need in, as far as advance pay? And if you can do without advance pay, then do without, but plan accordingly, okay, where do we want to stay at as we, as we travel? Because you get certain travel days. So you got to plan, plan that road trip out as well. Who's, you know, if you've got multiple cars, who's driving what car? Um, so you've got just lay it all out on, on a calendar and talk it out with your family. Or if you're doing it yourself, just, you know, if it's just you by yourself, again, write it all down and then get that map picture. So when it happens, you're not over, again, you're not overwhelmed. It's like, I got this plan. This is what I'm doing. This is how I'm executing it. That's the, the biggest advice that I can give. And use the resources. And if you don't know, ask the question, both at your losing station and at your gaining station. There's a lot of, you know, there's ways to, to get after um, being able to, to accomplish the mission. For example, uh, I recently heard that there is a regulation has been published authorizing because of how the housing crunch regulation authorizing soldiers to stay at any of the IHGs that are on Fort, not Fort Hood specifically, but that are on the military installations mm-hmm. for the duration while they wait for housing to become available. And they're only charging BAH rates. So no longer is it, oh, you got to pay $100 a night. Guess what? Whatever BAH is for that region, that IHG is going to honor that BAH rate for that month. And they're going to break it down on a, on a nightly basis for you so you can stay there while you're waiting for housing to become available. So that's, to me, I think that's a great resource that I, I am very happy that IHG, in conjunction with the, the military, is making available to soldiers during during these times. No, definitely. That is a, a big change. Like, a, I mean, that's life-changing in sometimes because having to pay out of pocket and then even if you get reimbursed later, it doesn't help right now. Exactly. Um, but no, that is amazing. And I love how you mentioned earlier all of the different like checklists that are available on those websites that you listed out because um, like you don't even know what you need to do sometimes, especially if it's your first PCS move. So having somebody else who is obviously like a military affiliated uh, organization who has listed out what you need to go through and how to do it, that can just be so helpful. What I've been surprised by, and again, I shouldn't be, although I'm probably telling my age by saying I am surprised by it, <laughs> is the, the interaction that's out there on social media. Again, a lot of folks have different interpretations of social media and how it can be used, but one positive way definitely is when um, Facebook, uh, I don't know if Instagram does, but I know Facebook, for example, has the groups for every single installation. So 
I, I've seen service members jump on Facebook and say, hey, I'm coming to Fort Hood. What's a good housing community? Or how do I get in contact with Fort Hood housing office? How, or I'm going to this unit. Can you put me in contact with this first sergeant? So that they're using it in order to get ahead of that. Now, and not only soldiers are doing it, I know spouses are doing it as well. They're asking for that information because they want to know what schools are good, where, you know, What's the commute like? Is it public transportation available for this, that, and the other thing? So you definitely utilize the social media opportunities as well. I want to say that's definitely great for self-research, but there is a program within the military that's supposed to facilitate this through your military spouse or the military uh, person in the family. Um, we have a sponsorship program that is supposed to be facilitated at each location. Each unit is supposed to reach out to incoming soldiers who are, you know, moving to that duty station and, you know, reach out, ask them like, hey, what's going on with your family? How many children you have? Do you need schooling? Do you have an uh, EFMP, which is Exceptional Family Member Program? Um, do you do you need any assistance with anything like that? What is what is your report date versus, you know, what are you actually coming in? Because sometimes people will um, take leave or they'll kind of take a, a longer route to get to a location uh, and that's totally fine, but it's important that each unit, our unit, needs to be doing that, and all the other units also need to be incorporating a sponsorship program. So if spouses aren't aware that that's a thing, that their, their spouse in the military does get a sponsor, they can make sure, you know, call us out, reach out to us, make sure, like, hey, who's the sponsor who's assigned to my family? Um, we need that accountability, but we, we need to be better about that anyhow. It's, it's a program for the Army. Yeah. I agree 100%. Spot on. And if you are trying to figure out who your spouse's sponsor is, um, you should be able to go to Army Career Tracker online, uh, ACT, and you should be able to find out if you have a sponsor or fill out your portion of the paperwork in order to get one because there is some paperwork that the service member has to do. Yes. So there is responsibility on the service member. There's responsibility on the receiving unit, but it's there. It exists. So please be aware of it. <laughs> And each installation also has, um, like at Fort Hood, it's Hood Howdy. Um, each installation has their own kind of like round robin thing. And it's held annually where all the different resources and stuff come together. Um, ours is at H Club Hood, or I think they just changed the name of that. Lone Star Conference Center? Yeah, at the Lone Star Conference Center, um, where all these different resources come together. And you just walk from table to table to just see what's at the installation and find out what resources are available to you and how to access those. And then speaking of other resources that our service members and their families have, um, I know that you both mentioned that you're a part of the SFRG or the Soldier Family Readiness Group. Is there any way that families can reach out or talk to other uh, spouses and family, et cetera, et cetera, in those groups to get help with this as well? When the soldier gets in-processed into the unit, um, I know our unit, we have them fill out a piece of paper that gives us the family's information, um, and then somebody from the unit will contact the spouse and introduce ourselves and say, hi, I'm Mariah. I'm the advisor for HSC. How are you doing? Um, do you need anything? Um, we only get that information if the soldier gets it to us. So make sure your soldier gives us the correct information and written clearly because sometimes it's such tiny, hard to read writing that we don't get that accurate information. Um, or they could, they're more than welcome to contact um first sergeant or anybody at the unit and say, hey, I want to be involved. We love it when families become involved in different things going on in the unit. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to say also, 
um, we have a newcomers brief that we, as a battalion, we put on about every month. And we encourage, highly encourage spouses, family members to attend our newcomers brief so that they can be welcomed to the unit in person along with their soldier who is getting to know our leadership. Because at those briefs, we, we meet each of the company commanders, the first sergeants, uh, some of the key responsibil- uh, responsibilities that are held uh, by different members in our unit, like our um, equal opportunity, SFRG gets introduced to, so they already have a person that they can now reference or get their phone number for. Um, MFLAC, which is a military family life counselor, they introduce themselves. So there's a lot of resources that soldiers may be very familiar with because if it's not their first PCS or, or their first unit, then they're, it's kind of like, oh, I'm already used to this information. So I, you know, I don't really think too much about it. But some soldiers who marry for the first time or are you know newlyweds, they bring their spouse in. Their spouse is entering a brand new world, and so that information is going to be very, very important for them. Or even just uh, you know someone who's been in a relationship for a long time and kind of knows the deal, just wants to get to know what this new unit is like that they're going to be a part of. Uh, maybe wants to be integrated in their soldier family readiness group and wants to participate. That's how we got Mrs. Whale. She is just a gem here in the battalion, and I I I would be so sad to lose her. Thankfully, I don't have to, right? <laughs> You're staying here forever. Mm, we'll see how that works. Please stay with me. <laughs> SFRGs are great resources for a unit to have when they have one that's up and running. And again, that have the, the Sergeant uh, Chef Cruz and uh, Mrs. Wales that are willing to give their time and, and donate and build that program into a robust, robust one. Uh, we Companies within this battalion hold monthly events. So the uh, families can come out and support those. Even soldiers can come out and support those. One of the things that the Army did was they changed it from just FRG, Family Readiness Group, to the Soldier Family Readiness Group to get after both targets, not only um, the families, but also single soldiers as well, and kind of fuse it into a program that's owned by the command teams in, in, the, in that structure. And there's plenty of things to do at any, on any installation, but definitely here at Fort Hood. And that is one of the, the backbones, the foundation of SFRG, is to get that information out there, be that resource is so you can pick up the phone or go on social media and say, hey, I need this, or I would like this, or I need, I want more information on that. Uh, and then um, one of the unique dynamics of this battalion is how we're structured. We're structured not only do we have the HHBM proper, but we also have several directorates that fall, up, uh, fall into HHBM. So each of the directorates had that capability to stand up kind of like a mini SFRG or a mini network, and a lot of them utilize it. You know, I've, I've uh, shown up for PT with my proper, you know, with my staff, and I've seen one or two of the directorates, and they're having not only are they doing PRT, but they're actually doing PRT with the families because that's their kind of their SFRG thing to do. They're like, oh, we're going to have a family PT on this particular Friday, and they come out and they do that. Um, I know HSC has done uh, a few events where they've uh, gone and walked the dogs together. Um, I, I think Cisco has planned events where the um, soldiers are the families that have recently have newborns. They've gone out and actually gone on a walk uh, with the newborns and getting all the new moms together or the new parents together to have conversations. And again, that is what SFRG is supposed to do. It's supposed to help build that camaraderie and that esprit de corps and be that information network for families uh, and again, for single soldiers, obviously, but also for families and that dynamic. That way, it sometimes it can feel isolating. You know, I'm you know if I'm from Washington D.C., which I am, or if I'm <laughs> from you know uh, Boise, Idaho, and I, I'm, I'm here now at Fort Hood, and it's like, what is this? This is my first time being in Texas. What what 
what am I supposed to do? Who am I supposed to talk to? I don't always want to FaceTime or call home. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? SFRG kind of brings kind of uh, minds that gap and brings all the resources together, but also can, if folks that want to be active, they can create that kind of network within the SFRG to be active with like-minded individuals, folks that they know have their back because they come from the same culture or the same kind of uh, values and, and, and get after, you know, building that, that, uh, that extended family, so to speak. I'm so glad you gave a more um, examples of what SFRG really is and what the program is there for, um, because that was going to be my next question. You know, as a soldier, whenever I hear SFRG, I just think family and fun. Um, I also know there's usually a lot of like informational things, like you mentioned, being able to reach out and get you in contact with different programs that are available. Um, So along those lines, I think it's important to say that it's not just SFRG is a network and it is a very important program for us to utilize to share information with our soldiers and family members. But the heart of it is because what is soldier and family readiness? Why is that important? Well, I mean, in in a total readiness aspect, because we always talk about like being ready, are we fit to fight? And are we are we ready in this aspect? Are we ready in that aspect is family readiness is a huge thing. Soldier individual readiness is a huge thing. And this is, we're not talking about, are you trained and proficient in your MOS? We're talking about, are your fan, are your finances okay? Like, do you have a plan for your family? Do you have uh, care for your children? Do you have pets? What's going to happen if you deploy and you have to take care of them? So there's a lot of other aspects to it that this network helps to support. It's not just like, oh, let's hang out and do PT together. Oh, let's hang out and just like talk with the other spouses. It's it's about making sure that on the back end, if something does happen, are is your family ready? Are you ready? Are you prepared for anything? I sound a little emotional. I'm very, very, like, I feel very strongly about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it never fails at a deployment. The washing machine will go out. The car mm-hmm. will die. The basement will flood. The kid loses... Like the kid will break his arm, like a million things will happen while the soldier is a million miles away. And it's like, is the spouse at home ready to take care of that? Do you know where the power of attorneys are? Do you know how to get access to getting new ID cards when one expires or it gets lost? Like, do you know how to basically function independently? Single soldiers too. I mean, definitely single soldiers too, because you have people in your life that care about your well-being. So it's not just like, do I have a spouse to put down on this like card that's asking for a family member? Do you have a a friend Mm -hmm. who cares about you, who is very invested in your personal well-being? So if you are going through a very stressful event, like there's some uh, like training event that's going to take a month long and you're out maybe at NTC, the National Training Center in California, and you have a car at the barracks or you have a car in your apartment. And who's going to take care of that while you're training? Who is going to take care of your apartment if you have to pack up and if you do have to leave or your, your lease needs to be broken because of something one or another? Um, what if a family member that isn't like someone you're married to, a sibling gets injured? Like who who is keeping in contact with you outside of a married couple Um It could be a sibling. It could be a best friend from home, a mother, a father, someone who's invested in you. They should be aware of those things because they can provide additional counsel, additional advice and support when you need it outside of the military. And we can't forget that that's such an important aspect of like your well-being as a soldier. 
Exactly. And going back to time, exactly what you said earlier, when you talk about readiness, um, when you had that information void, when you had, who can I reach to? And again, whether it's a mom, an uncle, a cousin, a best friend, and they're trying to get in contact with a soldier. Again, it doesn't matter whether that soldier's single or whether the soldier's married. They can't reach them. It's like, okay, how do I reach them? Well, SFRG is just one of those avenues, again, to get, to get past that information void that might be out there. Because we know what happens with information voids. Rumorville runs rampant. Well, guess what? We're creating that network to be able to say what's going on with the unit, what's going on with that soldier, and we're, and we're concerned and we want to know information. So we create that. And that's also the uniqueness of our, of our sponsorship program. Every soldier that joins this particular battalion, they, they're, they're, the person they put down on that card receives a letter from us saying, hey, we have positively received your service member, the person you care about, and this is how you get in contact with their chain of command, uh, and this is how we can assist. And we also obviously link our social media feed as well. And then I know that the three representatives that we have in the room today are obviously from HHBN up at Three Corps. Um, but if you are trying to figure out how to get in contact with your units, SFRG, contact your first sergeant, your first line, your commander, um, your spouses, anyone in their chain of command, they should be able to get you that information as quickly as possible. Um, and I wanted to thank all of you so much for coming in today. Is there anything else that you'd like to add? Buy a ticket to the ball. Uh, <laughs> See you on the 24th. Buy, buy a ticket to the ball. Enjoy the Freedom Fest, but come to the ball and then go back out to the Freedom Fest. Please, please <laughs> join us so we get to have some FaceTime with you. We would love to know some of our uh, population here on Fort Hood. Um, so it is open to all. We definitely want our battalion members to come, but it is open to all. We would love to have you there. And I'd like to take the opportunity just to, to do a special thank you to Staff Sergeant Shaku and Mrs. Whale. Again, they've it's, it's soldiers and family members like this that, again, this is one of the reasons why I take this job the way that I do, and I really appreciate it because the level of uh, just professionalism but also the care that they bring to this, to this um, formation is outstanding. All right. Thank you so much. Fast-moving flood water can easily push your vehicle off the road and place you or your family in great peril. Even one foot of flood water can exert 500 pounds of lateral force on a vehicle, pushing it off the road. Every year, more than 80% of flood fatalities involve vehicles, and about 10 people on average drown in their vehicles per year in Texas. Fort Hood experienced 10 vehicle flood fatalities from 2016 to 2017 alone, and Bell and Coriel counties have had more than 30 fatalities each since 1959. I-35 connecting Dallas, San Antonio, and South Central Texas is known as Flash Flood Alley, and FEMA considers flooding to be America's number one natural hazard. Flash floods in Central Texas can happen within only a few hours of rain, and their most active months are April, May, June, and October. Is it worth the risk of losing your life, of leaving loved ones behind to try crossing? Overconfidence kills. Never drive into the water on roadways. It's not worth it. Okay, so that was, I learned so much from this interview about moving and PCSing and also the military ball, which is very exciting. I've never actually been to a military ball before. They're, they're kind of fun. They're kind of one of those things. It's like you have to go and you were like, ah, oh, man, now this, I really wish I, 
I came to this. It's I had a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. I could I could get that vibe because you know they were talking about party shirts and yes. just like it seems like it'll be really fun. So people should go if you know you're not going to go. <laughs> you should. <laughs> yeah, de- definitely should check it out. Um, also about the 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 one short one source that they had. There was a lot of good information. I know that we have. Uh, a section on our website that talks we about it do. as well. Yes, yes, yes. So on um, Fort Hood's website, it's home.army.mil forward slash hood. Um, we have a page dedicated to permanent change of station. You can find the link for that either by searching on the website. Um, it's also the very top link under the like quick links or top links section on the main page. Um, yeah, and you can also find it under the all services page as well. Mm -hmm. So lots of options on how to get there. You'll have a little inbound page and an outbound page. So you can, you know, find. Coming and going. That's right. Your little one-stop shop for everything. (laughs) So very exciting. And we also had the links for Military One Source and all those other resources that they had mentioned. Basically go on there and check out the website. Anything that you want to know about Fort Hood, we have you covered. Absolutely. We love that. Speaking of having you covered, um, so it's just us for this outro because oh, Pearl man. had to leave. Middle uh, of the show. Yeah, I know. She was like, I got to go um, because she's having contractions. Yes. So she said she needs to run off to the hospital. <laughs> so hopefully, hopefully we have baby. Baby Pearl yeah. is on the way. So this is our early happy birthday (laughs) to baby pearl (laughs) hopefully you are here by the time this episode comes out yes (laughs) very exciting the other thing that um miss pearl had mentioned during the interview and had been brought up is freedom fest oh yes which is also as they said happening on june 24th so yeah definitely go to freedom fest before and after um so freedom fest is going to be happening at hood stadium Again, it's on June 24th. It starts at 4 p.m. They're going to have DJ will be there to do music from 4 to 4.30. The first Cav band will be there for about an hour to do some Mm -hmm. music. Then there'll be some welcoming remarks. We'll have Cassidy Pope there. And then the ex-ambassadors will perform. And then we'll follow all of that up with fireworks at 9.30. And if you're from the Central Texas area or if you've been here longer than one year and you've seen that fireworks show, it is amazing. It's probably one of the coolest fireworks shows that I've seen. Really? Anywhere in the world. So I wasn't here last year for the 4th of July. Oh. So I will be here for this. So I'm oh, pretty yeah. excited. I think it'll be fun. That's probably one of the one times that you will see I-14, all the traffic going oh, both ways yeah. stopped for 30 <laughs> minutes and no one getting mad. I love that. Yes, I'm very excited. I'm also excited that they're hosting it like before 4th of July. Yes. So that you could participate in either a surrounding communities 4th of July celebration because you know everybody's going to be doing something. Or you'd also have the opportunity to travel home if you wanted to do that, to take the long weekend and spend it with family. Yeah. And when I had spoke with MWR about that, and they said that was their big reason and was they wanted uh, to give the community an one more chance or one more option of things that they can do. So that yeah. way, when the 4th of July come that 4th of July weekend, they can go, uh, you know, because Central Texas has several events over the right. 4th of July weekend. And they just wanted to be able to say, hey, here's another option that you can do. And now you yeah. can go do everything else. Yeah. But the fireworks are still going to be the best part. Fort Hoods are going to be the best, hands down. 
<laughs> well, I'm very excited for that. Um, they also will have a shuttle bus service, mm. which I think is pretty fun. Um, so for people who are coming and actually want to come on to Fort Hood and not just, you know, park on park the on interstate, the yeah. <laughs> um, you can park at the Phantom Warrior Lanes Bowling Center or the Clear Creek Commissary or community events and bingo center. Um, and they will do a shuttle bus service from 3 until 11 p.m., departing approximately every 15 minutes. And to add on to that, if you are if you do not have a base access pass, ah, yes. make sure you get that early. Yes. So that way you can just breeze through the line. You don't have to wait because I can tell you right now, it is going to be packed to yes. try to get your pass the day of. So make sure you get it. If you're hearing this today, well, whenever you're hearing this, make yes. sure you get your pass now. Absolutely. Yes. And you can check all that out also on our website so that you can learn more about what you need to do for that. One stop shop. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. I think Me too. this was really great. So I think I think that's all we have. Yep. Um, yeah. So unfortunately, we will not be having Pearl back on the episodes. For the so, next few months. So you'll be is, stuck with me. Yes, which is sad for us, but exciting for her. So I want to do one more final shout out to her. Um, and baby Pearl. And baby Pearl. <laughs> yes. Congratulations. <laughs> All right. We will see you guys next week. podcast is a U.S. Army Garrison Fort Hood and Fort Hood Public Affairs production. The show's theme music is written and produced by Delicious All-Stars. All our music is obtained through Filter by Song Trader. Have a question or want to share some insights with us? Email us at forthoodpao at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at USAG Fort Hood. And as always, Be sure to leave a review and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.